movie lovers, wherever you are in the world, hope you're doing well. Kane and I are going to discuss just Mary and Max today and I'll let him explain um, kind of the reasonings behind that and what happened the first time we tried to do this. Um, so I hope you enjoy and thanks to everybody who's been listening and see you next time. In cities and suburbs all over the world, there are those who find life a little confusing. Who find the things that people say. Be a creep! Things they do. The stuff that just happens. Quite bewildering. But sometimes those who find the world impossible find each other. Dear Max, I am eight years old. It would be great if you could be my friend. Dear Mary, thank you for the letter. I find the world very chaotic. <laughs> because my mind is very literal and logical. Where do babies come from in America? In Australia, they have found in beer glasses. Here is a drawing of me. Babies are laid by Catholic nuns. If you're an atheist, they're laid by dirty, lonely prostitutes. My mother likes smoking and sharing. My father left my mother when I was sick. She shot herself with my uncle's Can you explain love? Have you got a girlfriend, Matt? Kisses me without my permission. I know love upsets you, so I won't go on about it. What I want to say is that love is obviously not for me. Dear Mary, you are my best friend. You are my only friend. Mary and Max. P.S. Do you know that turtles can breathe through their anuses? Ooh. Take two. I know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. So just for our um, listeners, we have, we've already recorded this episode, although we're going to do this one a little differently. Um, we had picked our uh, favourite Australian films. And that we hadn't already talked about. That we hadn't already talked about because mine is actually Two Hands, which we've already done. And so I had picked a different film and, and Kane, because we hadn't done yours, you'd, you'd picked Mary and Max. And then we recorded it, and we also recorded over the space of a few days. Over the space of a few days, like three, I think. And then, because it's lockdown and slash isolation slash quarantine or whatever the hell uh, people want to call it right now, um, my kids have been yeah, exactly. My kids have been using my computer to do their fucking schoolwork because they don't have any other way to do it. And, well, they disappeared. Hello? Hey? Hello? Are you there? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, I can hear you. Did that was you? really weird. My Did microphone you? 
my microphone disconnected for some reason. <laughs> I do not know what happened there. Okay, that was so weird. It sounded like you were drowning. Oh, right. Okay. Seriously, um, it was the weirdest, like... I got DDoSed by the Kevin Sorbo fans <laughs> for the last episode. <laughs> anyway. Ah, so, uh, where were we? Oh, my God. Um, uh, I, 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 so, if... Um, well, my, kid, was, my kids have been using my computer to do their... Um, because we're at home, so I'm homeschooling my kids, and they were using the computer, and then so next time I went back to it, everything was gone. Um, yeah. But in its own, but in its own way, that's actually kind of opportune because not only is Mary and Max the kind of film that deserves its own episode because totally. it is such a unique thing in Aussie cinema, yeah. there's also the fact that we're in April, which is also Autism Acceptance Month. Yes, not the month. The, um, not awareness, which A, there's more than enough of, and B, is connected to Autism Speaks, and much like with Kevin Sorbo last time, I could derail this entire episode to talk about how much they do not represent autistic people. And okay, well, but, but give, me, give me a little bit about that, because I know, like, I've, I've spoken to your mum and stuff about it, and I've, I've never actually directly spoken to you about it, but I am uh, aware to use the... <laughs> I... I, I, I <laughs> Uh, okay, the long and short of it is Autism Speaks is part of the reason why the current conversation around autistic people, and please do not correct that with, uh, it's actually people with autism, autistic people, I am autistic, that is what I'm going with. If you correct me, I will show you the door myself. Yeah, fair enough. It's, it is insane how often that happens. My own editor at Filmink did it at one point, and oh I did not want to correct him, but it is a little irritating, especially with um. No, there's like nothing people... worse. There's there's literally nothing worse than people trying to explain your own identity to you. Like fucking literally nothing worse. It's like when I tell people I'm Aboriginal and they go, "Oh, how much?" Oh, but yeah, you're not like I... you're not like full blood, right? So. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it's like transplant that with the high functioning, low functioning oh, conversation, yeah, yeah, yeah. which itself is an entire bag of words. And here's the thing, all of that rhetoric, the, you know, people first so we can, you know, treat their diagnoses as an illness that needs to be cured. And yes, Autism Speaks officially doesn't do that anymore, but for the longest time they did, and that still lingers in a lot of what they do, especially considering like Autism Speaks their entire thing is that they're focused around the support network, the caregivers, the people adjacent to those that are autistic, right. which is the entire problem because when that happens and all that fixation is put on them, when autistic people like myself and many on Twitter, there's a very vocal um, autistic community on Twitter, yeah. whenever we speak up, we get given lines like, you're not autistic, because if you really were, you wouldn't be functioning enough to have a Twitter account. Oh, I am not even kidding about that. Really? And I care for autistic people, therefore I know more about it than people who have it. Oh. Again, actual thing. And of course, this all is connected to the lovely topic of anti-vaxxers and their own attitudes towards autism, which I don't have enough time or air in my lungs or or, or or just like time in this life yeah. to go into how much I despise the anti-vaxxer, not like the cause itself, but their attitude towards autistic people. We get the talked over that, 
incessantly. Yeah. It yeah. is infuriating to deal with. And part of the reason why I don't get in those conversations anymore because it is such a thankless task yeah. to try and convince someone else that you are a person. Yeah. It's fucking oh, insane. No, it's yeah, shit, I, totally fucking shit that the whole, like, like, like being, being born autistic or, or being autistic is like, it's it's like tantamount to some kind of fucking death sentence. Like it's like the exactly. worst thing that could possibly fucking happen to you. It's like fuck. Yeah, exactly. And and on that note, because all of it's focused around the caregivers, we're yeah. treated less like people and more like trophies for their parent shame. Mm. Because it's like, oh no, feel bad for me because my kid has a thing that's apparently worse than measles because I'm a fucking idiot. I don't usually get that direct, admittedly, but but then again, I have been attacked and targeted by these people in the past, yeah. and it's still a bit of a sore spot for me. Yeah. So Absolutely. yeah, What's so it? so so in short, fuck autism speaks. Fuck William Shatner for condescending to autistic people on Twitter and everyone else who has done it. Fuck the anti-vaxxers. Fuck light it up blue. We're going red instead because that's all I can see dealing with these fucking people. <laughs> and rather than talk about how you know brave it is that I exist and haven't killed myself off yet because suicide and mental illness, including depression, disproportionately does affect us. So we are very at risk. So imagine how all of this were a burden on people and we better off dead than being autistic actually affects us. Yeah. Rather than fixate on that, entirely i have definitely talked quite a bit about it here but i want to get into the way that autism is portrayed in the media and if the words big bang theory came into your head that's part of the problem because there's a serious issue where again it's the high functioning or low functioning thing it's either people so debilitated that that one of the stereotypes that keeps popping up with anti-vaxxers is smearing poo on the wall. Like, if you heard them talk, you'd think that that's all autism involves. It's bizarre how fixated they get on that. Mm. So it's either that or the uber-smart person who is also a dick to everyone around them, mm. like Sheldon Cooper, who isn't explicitly labelled autistic, but it is shocking yeah, yeah, yeah. how much that label has stuck to him like lice. Yeah. And... And admittedly, there are, like, some good depictions and bad depictions. For bad depictions, one of my favorite ones to refer back to is The Exorcist 2, where Linda Blair literally cures a person's autism for no adequately explained reason. <laughs> and apparently not being able to verbally communicate is all the evidence we get for autistic, okay. which in and of itself is an issue. Yeah. And, and, but there are good ones like X plus Y or A Brilliant Young Mind, which is very good at like the expectations that are put on the high functioning set. Or hell, even stuff like The Accountant, or as I like to call it, The Power Fantasy for Aspies, because that is what it is. It's basically, <laughs> he is basically our superhero. The guy who brings a belt to a gunfight and wins. And the kind of guy who when he's about to get um, attacked by the Mafia, he has to grab all of his important possessions, which includes a copy of Action Comics number one, the first <laughs> appearance of Superman. Like like I said, for me, that means everything. 
Hey, I've been meaning to ask you about that new show, um, Everything's Gonna Be Okay? Everything's Gonna Be Alright? I, after Atypical, which is very mixed, okay. um, I've kind of given up watching TV shows involving autistic characters. It's okay. just, because most of the time it just feels like it's the same shit in any other sitcom, except there's a slightly more quirky character involved. Mm. Mm. I only watched a couple of episodes. I quite liked it. That. Oh, 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 I totally like Josh Thomas. It's just, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of over it at the same time, especially since, yeah, sure. like, like, as far as I'm concerned, Marion Max, as far as, you know, yep. Australian-born depictions of, like, being an Aspie, being autistic. Yeah. It's the depiction, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, and it, how old are you, Kate? I'm in my, uh, I'm 24, turning 25 in a few months, so mid-20s. Yeah, so I've known you since you were two, and (laughs) 23 years, and through you and your mum, I've I've spent all that time learning about autism, about autistic people, and I still would not ever pretend to have an understanding or, you know, like a... a wouldn't speak for us. No, I would never, never, ever, ever, ever. And, but I believe with this, with this movie that, um, that the reason that it, it is so moving and special and authentic is because this was based, and you can, you can talk more to this, on, on an actual real life experience. Um, yeah, um, um, Adam Elliott, the writer, director, and basically the spearhead figure for this thing, again, mm-hmm. or tour theory, there's a reason this is one of my favourite movies of all time, let alone my favourite Aussie movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually did have a pen pal in America who was uh, um, an obese Jewish man in his 40s who had Asperger's syndrome. Mm-hmm. And considering like how much like that kind of clinical fascination with stuff like Tourette's, depression, mm. and basic, basically like neuroses and diagnoses across the board. Mm. The fact that he is able to like make it so empathetic and yet like raw and kind of confronting in how accurate it is, right. is like a serious testament to like what we were saying before. Like I totally, like I, I do think that, you know, conversations about autistic people should be led by autistic people not just the people around them yeah. but at the same time empathy is a very important thing with stuff like this yeah. and in and in no better way is that shown than with philip seymour hoffman's performance as max now I'm gonna just i'm gonna just quickly very quickly because we did this last time and i forgot to do this now if you haven't seen this film please please press stop Please press stop and go and watch it first because I think we're going to go into stuff here that will might ruin it for you if you haven't seen it. Anyway. Yes. Go on. Let's see first. Now, Philip Seymour Hoffman, as far as I know, didn't have autism. Right. Wasn't, didn't have Asperger's syndrome. So his performance here would be passing, which is the classic Oscar bait routine of having an abled actor portray someone who was disabled either physically mentally or both okay yep which itself is an which itself is an issue because that means that 
you know, there aren't as many, you know, disabled actors right. actually getting those roles because of being given to able people with, you know, name brand recognition. And to an extent, I do get the problem with that. But there are certain points where seeing someone without that condition, being able to, like, heartfully portray that condition actually turns into a good thing. Like, like how to put it? Um, Andrew Garfield was in Breathe, the, um, the uh, I think it's um, uh, the David Cavendish docu uh, um, biopic. Oh, yeah. now, he didn't have that condition himself, but that didn't make his portrayal of it any less heartful, funny, and heartbreaking, like, mm -hmm. like truly affecting. And the same thing is true here. Like, if you thought you missed Philip Seymour Hoffman before, wait till you see this, because you will miss him even more than you did before. Yeah. And like, like, it's so just like, how to put it, if you've ever listened to another episode of this podcast, <laughs> with me being as rambly and tangent filled, and like willing to spring from one random topic to another in less <laughs> time than it takes to think, you will recognize something of the autistic spaz in this character, and I mean that in the most endearing way possible. He is like, it, it is so gratifying to see someone I can relate to so heavily in this thing. Like, admittedly, I haven't tried chocolate hot dogs yet. <laughs> I may be obsessed with certain children's shows, but not to the point where I'm collecting the figurines because I'm not <laughs> that kind of nerd. And admittedly, I don't own a typewriter, Although I would especially love to own that specific typewriter because, and yeah, this is absolutely this is absolutely true. Yeah, the typewriter that Max uses for his correspondence with Mary is an actual working miniature Underwood typewriter, Maybe. which means that all of the letters that we see, including the M that gets plucked out of it is an actual part of an actual working thing that Adam Elliott took like eight, like, like something like eight weeks to make on its own. So it's weirdly fitting that one of the best depictions of autism on film also highlights one of the better things about being autistic, the inhuman intention to detail. <laughs> like for real, like, and yeah, there's so, sure. so much handcrafted care put into this thing. Like whether we're talking about the backdrop for New York when, where Max is located to the sepia, sunny, you know, suburbia of yeah, Australia where Mary is, yeah. like it all looks amazing. Oh, it's just, it's just beautiful. And I went into it. I didn't actually know what it was about at all. Like I knew nothing. Literally. And in fact, I was a bit nervous in the beginning because this eight-year-old girl in Australia started pen-palling this 40-year-old guy in the States. And I was like... Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> there, there are some bits that don't look as innocent, but... And I went, um... And I kind of understood when her mum was like, what the fuck? And, and was like, no, nah, you're not writing to this guy. Even though she was a Tito... Um, a Sherry-drinking tea... Pretend tea-drinking um, alcoholic housewife, Melbourne housewife. Um... And I was, so I was genuinely dragged into it, um, completely unaware and just so blown away, so blown away. What, and, and, and also blown away 
that I hadn't seen it before. And then I didn't even, I don't even know anybody that's seen it. Like it feels like a super underground film that I feel like everybody should see. (laughs) Exactly. And that's the thing. And like, I discovered this through um, Letterboxd because it's one of those films that like, it's either you love it or you haven't seen it yet with that crowd. Like they, and I, I was like, it's Aussie, it's got someone with autism, it's got Claymation, which I love from studios mm-hmm. like Aardman and Leica. And I, you know, I watched it, and my God, it's like everything I love about Aussie cinema. Like, beyond just the fact that the Claymation and stop-motion stuff is so on point, it really should make Aardman and Leica very nervous. And very mm-hmm. that Leica is behind two of my other favourite films with Coraline and Kubo and Two Strings, which are also criminally underwatched, so definitely check those ones out. Yeah. It's just, and like, it's it's the sense of humour on display, and I could just take the easy way out and just say it makes sense if you're an Aussie, because it's very characteristic, but it's it's that kind of like, like, fascination with like the profane and really quirky mm. not just quirky straight up bizarre mm-hmm. and uh, like like all these snapshots of like seemingly it. normal things going on yeah it's it, it's very um honestly it's a lot like andy griffiths which admittedly i loved the hell out of as a kid and still do to this day yeah the yeah Just books are still yeah. really damn funny what is it the day my bum what is it? The day my bum something or other. Day my bum went psycho. Yes, psycho. those books yeah, yeah, are yeah. fucking yeah. incredible, <laughs> and they pass the weird test because just like forget explaining anything about the plot. The titles: The Day My <laughs> Bum Went Psycho, Zombie Bums from Uranus, and <laughs> Bum Again the Final Pong Flicked on their own, <laughs> like a crazy person, and this kind of follows suit because, it, like again, it is very tangent filled. Like on one hand, you've got like you know, Max and his periods of, you know, self-loathing and, like, the moments where he has to stim, which is, like, you know, him rocking in the corner to deal with, because, like, sensory overload is a really big signifier of autism. It's just that point of this, like, you you take in all the input there is, but it ends up being way too much for you to process, so you need to, like, physically work it out in whatever way works. Like, with me, my version of stimming, and this is how much of a white person I am, is... (laughs) beatboxing i stim beatbox around the house randomly and that's how i deal with the input i know that like like some people sing some people dance um anthony hopkins famously is also autistic and his version and his form of stimming is dancing so there's that as well it's it it, 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 and so yeah so if you ever see anyone on public transport randomly like rocking or doing stuff that seems strange Leave them be. It's probably the best thing for them at that point. Definitely. And stuff like that. And so, yeah, it's dealing with stuff like this. But at the same time, there's random moments where, like, we see Max's neighbor, um, who Max gives all his lottery winnings to, and she ends up dying in a jetpack explosion. <laughs> or how Max has an imaginary friend that he doesn't talk to, who just sits in the corner and reads self-help books <laughs> before jumping out of the jumping out the window because he's no longer needed and seemingly getting run over because I swear I heard a car crash in there. It it's just it's stuff like that. 
and, and that's especially shown through the conversations between Mary and Max, because it'll go into like a lot of like Max going into a lot of detail about his day, what he's thinking, what people smell like. That's a weird thing with Adam Elliott's shorts. There's always yeah. some really specific, like this, like this really specific thing about it, like what a person smells like, yeah. what a person's hobbies are. That's so weirdly specific. You'd be mm -hmm. forgiven for thinking that it's not even fiction at that point. That it's well, so yeah. weirdly specific that it has to actually be a thing. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yes, it's it's equal parts like properly hilarious and and depressing as fuck. Yeah, totally, totally just heartbreaking. I mean, this guy's life. You know, it's just it's one of those. Those things, it just it it just makes you. Oh. Yes, but but at the same time, it's not like depression porn. It's not no, the kind no, of no, thing no, that. No, 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 not at all. It, no, it, it, it's not, it, like, and that's part of the problem with like the like the traditional, let's say. Yes, yes. Sorry, that's what I was trying to say. It's not. It's not because he's autistic that it's depressing. It's because everything else in life is so difficult and he's yeah. alone and that's and that's what's like it's you, you just feel this whole like if only there was a little bit more empathy and understanding in the world so many people wouldn't have to live like that and exactly. i don't mean and, and, people and, who are autistic i mean just in general people who are somewhat fucking left of center Often, yeah, yeah. This situation, and 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 that's what the main like um, things that you know people in the autistic community say. The pr like the problem with autism isn't the condition itself; it's how you get treated because of it. Yeah, which yeah. is a very different thing. It's it's also called the social model of disability. Yeah. which itself is quite interesting and definitely worth worth looking into for those Absolutely. who, Look you know, the few give great a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few great TED Talks, actually, about it, and I would highly recommend if this is piquing your interest in any way and you feel like, you know, exercising some empathy, there are some great um, TED Talks about this, the social model on disability, not just about autism, but just in general. Yeah. All yeah, kinds of things, yeah. Exactly, and and on that point of like how you're treated because of autism, mm. that's honestly one of like one of the beautiful things of the relationship between Mary and Max, because like Mary can't even say the word pretty much. <laughs> like that's that's not even a fact that it's something that informs his character, but it's not the entirety of it, which no. is usually the point of call when it comes to the traditional depiction where it's yeah. either, you know, this person who is in clearly a far worse situation than I am is making it, and I feel inspired by that. Otherwise known yeah. as inspiration porn, yeah. otherwise known as the thing that I was constantly worried I was doing when I was an employable me. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was genuinely worried about shit. Like well, I don't think it came across like that at all, to be. And, 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 there's also a showing of the, you know, that kind of inspirational exploitation in the film itself when Mary writes basically a thesis and a book about Max and his condition without his consent. Yeah. And, and wanting to find a cure, a 
again. Just yeah. of all the things to want to cure, being slightly awkward and tapping my fingers when I walk down the street. That is that clearly the worst thing I could be going through <laughs> right now. Like even I before can think of a COVID few other started. things that we need curing right now. Like I don't know, I need a vaccine for. Just saying. <laughs> oh no! But if you get more vaccines, and you'll end up with more people like me and. Okay, admittedly, I'm not the best example for oh, things that there should be more of in the world. I, get I was that. Going to review, okay. but, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, uh, like how to put it, one of me is free too much for anyone else. Oh, stop it. <laughs> anyway. Not true, and I miss you. I can't believe I can't come and see you at the moment. I miss coming over and seeing your mum and you guys. And that was like my fortnightly, you know favorite thing in this stupid fucking coronavirus and now i stuck zooming and then my kids fucking delete the bloody files <laughs> well hopefully we can avoid all of that and get back to business as usual but i hope so uh, but uh, honestly even with this distance this is something that i knew i had to bring up on this podcast because like not only just because it is criminally unseen by most people yes. and 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 all the love and care that adam elliott and everyone else put into it from yes. tony collette as mary mm -hmm. to eric banner as their neighbor slash closeted husband which oh my oh, god yes. i love how that was handled i love how was, well that relationship was handled it's like i still love you i just love this other person more yes. i wish you all the best because oh. normally there would be like a betrayal angle to it which is how no, most yeah, coming no. out stories happen yeah in yep. the media yep. ellen anyone yeah yeah stuff like that too yeah no I, I i i noticed that too and also i i i twigged and then maybe you're supposed to maybe it was supposed to be very obvious but when she she was like um nick has a is it nick whatever his name is has a pen pal too and he's a sheep herder in new zealand and i went oh sweetie yeah <laughs> i have yeah. a problem there yeah, it's just like Eric Banner's great, Barry Humphreys, aka Dame Edna, one of our national treasures as yes. the narrator, is really good. Molly Meldrum in a small role as the yeah. bum that leads to Max's lowest point. Oh that worked out really well. Like, yeah. it is. It, yeah. um, and actually, on that point, yeah. that's where like this film goes from like like respectful to genuinely fucking necessary because. It actually shows him as like, you know what? I'm not perfect. I'm prone to anger, like very prone to anger. Mm. And because of that, I have it in my heart to forgive you for what you obviously thought was the right thing to do. And as someone who grew up like struggling with my own autism diagnosis and heavy anger issues, like my nickname was Volcano in high school oh. for very good reason. <laughs> and like... Yeah, I had the worst temper back then. If you think hearing me bitch about bad movies on here is me getting fired up, at least I'm not actively throwing shit at people. Okay. Yet, at any rate. Just, I nearly threw things in Wog Boys, that's for sure. Yeah, and <laughs> like with all of that, it felt like, again, even like, you know, removing, you know, the smaller bits, like... Um, like inventing new words, inventing the most oh, yeah. feeder, pr like the stuff you expect to find in feeder videos, level diets that the guy's on. Like beyond all of that, it just, it feels so like, oh, my heart 
aches, to say nothing of the K Sarah Sarah moment, which is like, how to put it, I've seen this movie multiple times, and every time it gets, like, every time it gets to lead up in that scene, cue the ugliest crying fit in the history of ugly crying fits <laughs> that lasts all the way to the end, although by the end, I'm crying for far less depressing reasons. I know. Like it's when, so like, the reveal of where I Max know. ended up storing all of his letters, I'm like, Oh my god! I know, I know. I'm actually starting to tear up now. I know. Just about it. I know. And she's there with her baba, and oh, it's fucked, but it's so beautiful and just yeah. It's and and, and that, that honestly is like the entire tone of the thing. It's fucked, yeah, but beautiful because yeah. there is like so much weird surrounding the thing. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just and again, like. The whole thing of like Max telling Mary to tell this bully that when she goes to heaven, she'll be in charge of all the chocolate and he won't get any of it. <laughs> like again, that weirdly specific. There's no way you made this no, stuff up. Exactly. Thing. And but honestly, my favorite thing about all of this is that in the prep for watching, um, rewatching Mary and Max, I also went back and looked at every one of the short films that Adam Elliott made as well. Oh, yeah, right. I could, including the most recent one. Um, I think it's called um, Ernie something. Um, uh, this is really going to bug me, so I'm going to Google it in oh, real it up, time. Yeah. Ernie Biscuit. Ernie Biscuit, which came out in, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. in 2015. Yeah. Which, believe it or not, shows him amping up the technical detail, the writing quality, just like everything that made this film good. And building up on that, which means that if, let's say, enough people drum up attention for Mary and Max we and get Adam, uh, not only would we get another feature movie, we might get one that could outshine Mary and Max, which is already starting to give me heart palpitations because I honestly don't think my brain could handle that <laughs> much. <sighs> but yeah, it's like, and on the off chance that you are indeed listening to this, Adam. Yes. I am a huge fan of yours. You are easily my favorite Australian filmmaker. Like George Miller, Peter Weir, Philip Noyce, on your bike. This is the guy <laughs> I want because you embody so much of the positive Australian, well, sensibility that I honestly think that you could be spearheading Australian cinema going forward, right Absolutely. next to Jennifer Kent. And, yeah, right. There you go. And, and if you are ever interested in, let's say, an interview or anything else. Oh, yes. We're, we're on Twitter. She's Absolutely. on Instagram. Not me. I don't have enough of a good head for photos to be anywhere near that place. <laughs> but we can be contacted. And trust me, we would drop everything to Absolutely. make this happen. Or at the very least, I would. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure, for sure. Oh, maybe I'll try and see if I can make that happen. But, oh, but, but even yep. with all that said, yep. I understand that overhype is a thing. Yeah. I have definitely felt the effect of going to a movie that everyone is screaming, you got to see this, you got to see this, and then leaving not really getting the hype behind it. I understand that in the process of gushing to all hell and back, about what is legitimately in my top five favorite movies ever, 
which is a bracket that includes like stuff that has changed my life literally. I understand that this could be building up expectations way too far. Well, and if I our totally... listeners have done what they were supposed to do, they would have stopped at the beginning and gone and watched it first before they listened. And, and, and I do totally get that. But for those <laughs> who have stuck around and gone like, oh, I, I, I don't care particularly much about this. I want to hear these guys talk more. In which case, well, thank you for considering us more important than what we're talking about. But also... <laughs> Of all the movies that we've talked about, and even some of the ones that we talked about but can't actually post episodes for because weird things happened, mm -hmm. of all the movies that were talked about on this podcast, and likely every movie we'll talk about in the history of this podcast going forward, if I can convince those listening to check out just one movie that we've talked about, please make it this one. It's available on iTunes. It should be easily obtainable and trust me you will at the very least get something out of it it may Absolutely. not be good it may not be bad but you will feel something which Definitely. at the end of the day is what cinema is meant to do meant to do and often misses the mark so i would be very surprised yeah. if someone watched this and didn't feel something and if you're in australia right now it is still streaming on sbs on demand Yes, so you guys have even less of an excuse exactly. because not only is it free, it's also supporting local talent and, well, how to put it, a lot of people talk a big game about supporting local talent, but put your money where your mouth is, oh, or I was just your bandwidth where your mouth is, I should yeah. say, <laughs> and absolutely this needs to be checked out there's a reason why we're bothering to re-record this episode exactly and not, and not the other ones. Others. Yeah, yeah exactly for sure oh my god well um i've got to fucking go and cook the kids dinner i'm sorry babe but that was great fun and i'm i'm glad i'm glad we did it again i'm very glad we did it too and as i said last time we recorded this i am so happy that you liked it because i love i it. I, I it it honestly does like warm my heart a bit knowing that I've actually recommended something to someone else that they actually liked because that rarely happens with my folks. <laughs> it rarely happens with them, so I am glad that that I, I actually did a good thing in my I'm book. Heap, this is whether than your mom anyway. <laughs> no comment in case she's listening to this. <laughs> she never listens to this. There's no way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I love you and leave you, and um, we're going to come back next week with a Ben Mendelsohn double feature. Which, barring unforeseen circumstances, should be very interesting. It should be, for sure. We'll go back to the beginning. All right. Take care. Have a good, happy Easter.